Welcome to another week's episode of the Dogmatic Dudes Podcast. You already know who we are. I'm Merv. He's Bloyd. And we are the Dogmatic Dudes. My man. Last episode of 2020. Crazy Last thing. episode of 2020, bro. That is wild, man. I'm so happy 2020 is about to be done with, done and over with, man. I don't know about you, but... I'm pretty darn happy about that for sure. Oh, 100%. Um, I, I think if you polled most people, I think it'd be like 98% are like, get me the fuck out of this year. Uh, and then the other 2% are like, well, this year hasn't been so bad. But yes, uh, by 2020, hopefully 2021 brings better things. Um, hopefully, hopefully your holiday was good. I had to talk to you. Uh, how was it? It was pretty good, man. You know, I, I, I got to hang out with the Serbs. It's pretty fucking litty. A lot, a lot of fun, you know, lots of uh, things that you would expect if you hang out with us. So yep, all in I all, that'd be great. I can imagine. Um, and they were in town, and we're, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but they were in town when uh, Paul George balled out and they beat the Lakers and uh, mm-hmm. KD went off with Kyrie and uh, the Nets won their first game. So I'm sure those guys were thrilled. Dude, they were, man, they were absorbing basketball ball man oh absolutely completely consuming it i mean it's great to have basketball back man oh man it's just great to see kd on the court oh yeah i mean it's like he never left um but it's still weird because i still have to pinch myself and be like damn he's back like he's playing yeah man it's very exciting dude and it doesn't look like he lost a whole lot of pep to his step man he's still putting up crazy amount of numbers and Kyrie, man mike goodness say what you want to say about him outside the basketball court but inside the basketball court dude that man is the definition of poetry in motion they're great um it really sucks that Karis LeVert partially towards or not Karis LeVert uh Spencer Dinwiddie I was thinking Karis LeVert uh partially towards ACL so he's gonna be out for a good while yeah so that that kind of sucks um but no they're off to a hot start they look pretty good um honestly Mm -hmm. I, I just want to get this out of the way. Uh, big congrats to you because your Cavs so far are undefeated. Um, and I, I want this – and people look – if they, they listen to our early episodes, they know that we're high on these two. But Colin Sexton, Garland, dude, hell of a Have I not court. been saying – have I not been telling you this? Have no, I, I've I not been, been in telling with you? you. I've, been in, I've never disagreed with you on this. They, they're, they're really coming into form. And – I think we both said for this team it was just going to take time anyway. But, I mean, the two of them right now just look like they're playing at another level. Like, they took that next step that we wanted to see them take. I know it's early, but, mm-hmm. I mean, this is what you want to come out playing like. You want to start off hot. Um, and, yeah, I'm digging it. Right now they it's are down to the right. Knicks, though. They are down to the Knicks, and there's only 44 seconds left in the game. So, um, I could have just some, you lose some. Yeah, 100%. You win but, some, you lose some. That nobody was expecting the Cavaliers to come out with three quality wins, you know? No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, them, nobody expected Atlanta either. Like, Atlanta kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, mm-hmm. Trey Young's looked – we obviously knew what Trey Young was, but, I mean, as a whole, that team, I mean, they're undefeated as well right now. Like, they look good. Um, it's nice to see the young team so far, like, starting off hot. Um yeah, you well, they had. Well, the 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 what's the common denominator between those two teams, is that they're they weren't in the bubble, 
So, and it gave them the opportunity to hone in on their game, you know? Yeah, 100%. They were um, able to work more on their game for a longer period of time. That way, now that they're starting the NBA, they're looking a lot crisper than they would any other time. Dude, I'll tell you what, I'm very happy to have basketball back, but um, what a disappointing turnout of Christmas Day games that was. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, the matchups – so let me, let me pull up the matchups because they were highly coveted matchups, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. They did. I mean, they were blowouts. They were all blowouts. Um, mm-hmm. Even like the like you say what you want, but even like the Nuggets Clippers game, like it didn't. That feel was bad. Were no. ever like in the driver's seat? You no, know? the Nuggets were never really in that game. To be honest with you, so that was a huge disappointment of a game. I mean, but the only blowout on here that was sort of predictable was the Bucks over the Warriors. Sort of predictable. Um, mm-hmm. But like, dude, that the Heat and the Pelicans was a decent game. I'll give it that. But the Nets Celtics, like that shouldn't have been a blowout. Lakers Mavs shouldn't have been a blowout. And again, the Clippers Nuggets game, like, dude, I turned it off at half. I was like, I, I think I've seen what I need to see. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, that just a disappointing slate, I tell you. Because um, I was like, man, I was like, if only like these matchups would have lived up to the hype. Um, and so, dude, the teams that started, you know, or ended the bubble on top um, right now, like all the top teams. Not exactly playing their A game, which we kind of expected. Um, but like the Bucks, they're one and two right now. The Celtics are one and one. Mavs haven't won a game. Or actually, they have won a game. I mean, it it's tough. Um, Clippers yes, had that but, historic deficit, fifty mm-hmm. points down at half to the Mavs. I mean, it that was it's early yeah, for sure. Yep, it's way too early, bro. It's way too early to panic, man. No, it's and, definitely and, not the panic. It's just you know, it, it's an observation. It's like some of these teams are you know starting off you know, a little, a uh, little shaky. Um, and especially with the Clippers, I don't know, the Clippers are a very up and down team. Um, I know they were without Kawhi when they got absolutely mauled by the Mavericks, but I mean, you know, that's not what you want to see, especially with Paul George starting off having a great game against the Lakers and then throwing up a stinker. I mean, that's tough, you know, but that's the, that's the thing about Paul George, man, is like right when you count him out, he gives you that game to make you a believer. And then he goes back to being, you see my point that I've always had about suspect. Him. Yes. Agree with me. He's, he's way too up and down. He can't mm-hmm. put a consistent stretch together. And again, it's early. So this is overreactions right now. This is all overreaction, but I'm just saying you're seeing the same Paul George right now, you know? Yeah. And it's starting to look like, like Paul George can't lead a team by himself. Like, like he can't lead a team. He needs, he needs that other, that other factor, you know, like, Kawhi Leonard, he didn't need another superstar. He just needed quality players around him to win a championship. Yeah. Um, LeBron, you know, he took – dude, he took a historical scrub team to the NBA Finals without Kyrie. It's, and then like you have you, – you, I mean, you had Kevin Durant whenever he was with OKC. You, you didn't have to worry about – Shit, man. Some people thought that the that the Thunder looked better without Russ on the court than they did with him. I mean, obviously we saw how that all played out, but um, yes, but you get what I'm where I'm coming from, right? Like, yeah, but this is my thing. Like, Serge was on here and talking with us about Paul George, and it's like you guys aren't respecting him. And it's like he can't put a stretch together for me to finally be like, okay, I have exactly. faith in him all the time. Yeah, he's gonna have his big games, but it just seems like more often than not, it's like he's out there breaking and it's like, exactly. 
I, I don't know. Right? I, he's still like, a good player, I, but to me, to me, and like you, this might sound outlandish to some people, but like I'm just putting him in this category. This is my own personal opinion. I'd put him in the same category as like a Jamal Murray, almost. You know. I mean, kind of at this point, you know, it, it, where you're just level, like, like I don't, where you, you know, you're you're on the cusp. You you should be on the cusp of being an, an all star, but you know, you just have way too many flop of games for me to really consider you an all star. You know, I I think after last year, I think I'm higher on Jamal Murray than I am Paul George. Take yes, it, but you get, but you get, yeah, but you get what I'm saying, right? Just that that aspect of of tears you know how we talk about tears with 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 players with teams and stuff like that like we have before i put jamal murray and paul george on the same tier i would agree with you um yeah so not not a whole bunch to take away um like i said i think the young teams looking awesome right now um the pelicans like zion williamson had a monster night the other night um brandon ingram too man he's he's coming into his own as well and then, you know, like, I watched the Portland-Houston game. C.J. McCollum, my God, that man is a bad, bad man. Um, that game went into overtime, and, like, C.J. was already cooking all game. And it was close. It was back and forth. The Rockets were up a little bit. Then the Trailblazers were up a little bit. And in OT, like, they kept it close, and they passed the ball to McCollum at the end. I was like, that's going in. I was like, he's been hot all night. Nails the dagger. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to feed the hot hand. You always have to feed the hot hand. And, man, I, I just feel like – I feel like generally people forget about C.J. McCollum, and then there's those stretches of those nights where you're like, oh, shit. Like, you, I, I feel like people just disrespect him and they forget about him and just kind of completely put aside what he's capable of, and then he mm-hmm. puts on a clinic like that. I mean, I, big fan of Trailblazers. We'll see how they look down the stretch, but yep. I mean, they're starting like they always start, you know. Um, mm-hmm. you know how Dame and CJ are going to play. They're finally healthy. Nurkic is playing full-time. Like, you know, this is the year that I really want to see what Portland's made of because now hopefully injuries don't have to be part of the excuse, you know, like we actually get yes. to see the whole, because we got to see it in the bubble, but things just came together a little too late and they happen to be in the West, but you give them a whole season this year. I might look a little differently at them. I, they're definitely capable. Um, they can beat anybody. I really do think they're one of those teams that if they are playing their A game, they can beat anybody. Seven-game series, different story. But on any given night, I think they're capable of taking down anybody. I can see I can see your point there. I mean, I'm not mad at that take. CJ McCollum is really good, man. I I have all the respect for him in, in, in the world, man. He is just out there balling, man. He just balls. He's a hooper. That's mm-hmm. what he is, man. Well, him and Dane both. That's why they work together so well. They're both exactly. They 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 they're both there to to get business done. You know, it's not to. Yeah, it is to have fun. It is to joke around. Is it is to enjoy it because you know, being a professional athlete probably is the greatest profession that anybody could ask for. Hundred percent. You're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. You're right. Like, but those guys, I feel like. They are like, yes, it's great that I'm getting played. I'm getting paid to play the game that I love, but you know, I want to win. And they both see see that in each other, and they're like, yes, we both want to win. We're both competitive, and you know, they don't have egos either. Like that's the beautiful thing about it is if 
if one of them's eating, you know, Dame isn't mad when CJ's cooking, you know? Yeah, they don't have egos on the court. They definitely have some personalities <laughs> off the court. Absolutely, um, absolutely. But, like, on the to. court, you know, they have good chemistry. You have to. Um, depending on how much basketball you've watched, I'm interested to hear your answer on this. What, what is big, what's been your biggest surprise so far? We've only had four, four games a team, basically, uh, because tonight included. But what's your, been your biggest, like, biggest surprise? Because I got no, one that you're probably not going to expect me to say. But Well, obviously, dude, the Cavs just coming out so hot, man. They're, they're looking really good. Do, do, do I believe that this is going to be something that's gonna, that they're going to be able to ride the whole season? Mm, probably not. But if they can improve, it's good, man, because nobody's expecting them to be any good any good for at least another couple seasons so well again I feel you like, just want to see that garland like sexton chemistry like really mm-hmm. gets to the next level and so far it looks legit it looks really yes. legit. yes and i i think that's going to end up working but man the one thing that really really got to me well, two things though um third and it's it's both from 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 euro players is luca his first game bro like, if you were to actually watch that game, you would be like, geez, Luca had a terrible fucking game. Like, just looking at it, just eye-testing it. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the man's stats. What did he score, like, 30 points? Didn't he have, like, almost double-digit assists and double-digit uh... – Let me see. Because, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Yeah, so – I'm like, this boy – this boy can look like trash on the fucking – on, on, on the basketball court in the eye test, and he's still fucking producing. Dude, all right, so I have his stats pulled up for the first three games. This is scary because he's becoming very consistent. Um, so against the Suns last Wednesday, he was 32-8-5. Friday against the Lakers when they got blown out, he was still 27-5-7. And, and then he's against the Clippers, he was 24-9-8. He's been hovering around the triple-double line three games in a row. He's right there. He's one assist or one, two rebounds away. Like, and granted they, they lost against the Suns and the Lakers, but he played well against the Suns, the Lakers, mm-hmm. they kind of got, you know, manhandled. But I mean, I, I think you would agree with me that going like more than any other league, the NBA is such a narrative driven MVP like race. And the league has a lot to do with like, you can tell that they're fighting for Luka to get the MVP this year. Mm-hmm. They're putting him on prime time. I mean, granted, he deserves it. He's ascending. I mean, he's the next superstar for sure. Um, but, like, man, he puts up numbers like this, the MVP is going to be easy. Like, they're not even going to acknowledge anybody else. Which is a damn shame because, like, it's going to go to my second point. Right now, my leaders for MVP are Luka Doncic as the front runner and Nikola Jokic as, as the runner-up right now. Have you seen what Nikola Jokic has been able to do in in his past three games? I think he's had he has two triple doubles in the last in his last three three games, and I think his second game he was only like one rebound away from a triple double. So we're talking about some uh, a center, not a point guard, not a shooting guard, not a small forward, not even a power forward, a fucking center coming out and, and, and putting up triple-double numbers. Yesterday, he had more assists than he did rebounds. Yeah, he had, he had 18 assists yesterday. Dude, 
first quarter of that game, granted it was against Houston, so you can take it with a grain of salt, but 12 points in the first quarter? I mean, we know what Jokic is capable of doing. Um, and he fucking stopped scoring in the second half. But it's pretty frightening that uh, – well, that, that, that is something that I've noticed with him, but it's kind of frightening that he's playing, like, at that level and you guys are you guys start off one and two. Like, granted, one of them was well, an overtime loss, but, like, you know, it, I mean, he wasn't putting up those numbers in the playoffs last year. If he's putting up those numbers in the playoffs last year, you guys very well may have taken the Lakers to seven. Maybe, Yes. Uh, the, the problem with the Nuggets is that right now Nikola Jokic is, is, is on the up and Jamal Murray is kind of stagnant or, or trending slightly down, you know, he's, his, starting he's not, he's starting off very slow. Yes. Um, he, we're not, he's not making those shots that we're used to seeing him making right now. It's just him just kind of getting his basketball legs back from under him. He'll be back, dude. I'm not worried about it. Um, I'm not really worried about a one and two start, you know, because no, it's early. I mean, you they don't be. they don't hand out seating or championships after three games, so no, no, they definitely don't. Um, I'll tell you what, my biggest surprise has been. I actually have a two part, kind of like you. Uh, a, Lamelo Ball, um, baller. He ball. hasn't been putting up the crazy numbers, but you can tell I even test. with him being on the court, just the way that the the you know, the opponent has to kind of cover for him. I mean, dude, mm-hmm. he's been dishing the ball around. Like, the guy is a, a stud passer. He hasn't shot the ball incredibly well yet, but he's also a rookie. He hasn't been starting. But you can tell the offense has just got a different rhythm when he's out on the floor. Um, so mm-hmm. you, you can tell that's starting to work right away. Um, so that's been my biggest surprise. Um, and then, you know, Steph Curry back to form. Uh, passing Reggie Miller for – Second most made threes in history. Um, and I sent you that screenshot today. I'll, I'll pull it up for uh, the listeners. So I'm not doing bad radio here. Um, so the top three of at least uh, 2,500 or more uh, made three pointers. Um, so you have number one's Ray Allen, uh, 2,973, 18 seasons, 1,300 games. Reggie Miller, uh, 2,560, 18 seasons or yeah, 18 seasons, uh, 1,389 games. And Steph Curry, <laughs> 2,504 three-pointers made, 12 seasons, 702 games. I mean, he's going to pass Reggie on that in absolutely no time. Um, yep. And it's only a matter of time before he gets to Ray Allen. I mean, like, Steph hasn't been shooting the ball at the exact same clip that he did when he was an MVP. But so far, like, he's not the reason they're losing games. Um, I'm pretty sure he's been their leading scorer two out of the three games because Wiseman had uh, the most points against the Bucks. But um, it's nice to see Steph back, even if it is without Clay. And even though the Warriors kind of, I mean, they're kind of what I expected them to be anyway. Um, it's still nice to see Steph shoot the ball back. It's a good time. So yeah, yeah. That, so far, that's. I mean, so far things have been entertaining. Um, obviously, things will ramp up. Um, what is wrong with the Rockets? <laughs> Holy shit. The James Harden situation, man. He is trying to make that team just drop him on the curb. He's like, I don't care. Like, I'll come get my things later. Just let me go. Like, did you see the picture of him? Dude, he looks fat. He looks fat. He's big. He looks real big. He looks like he gained about 15 pounds, man. Dude, I saw so much stuff, like so much chat. I mean, obviously, you know, the media is going to talk about it because it's a big talking point. But like, People all over the subreddits for the NBA. I mean, there were so many people that are like, man, I lost respect for this guy. Like, dude, he is kind of being childish with the whole thing. 
Um, mm -hmm. Especially considering they had to postpone a game because he didn't follow the protocols and got back late and they couldn't put people out there. I was like, dude, come on. Like everybody knows you want to get out of there, but right now you're not helping the situation at all. Exactly. You're showing that it wasn't Chris Paul that was the issue. It was you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, dude, like, why don't you – like, you got to go out there. And, I mean, he's still scoring 39 a game right now. But, I mean, you got to put all that stuff aside, man. Like, John Wall is not the worst thing in the world. Go out there. If Houston wants to trade you, they're going to trade you, you know. I mean, he's taken it way further than Anthony Davis ever did, and people were sick of that whole situation, you know. Um, yeah, the Rockets are in deep, deep shit. They're in deep mm -hmm. shit. Unless they get a nice little haul, like a few first-round draft picks for Harden. Do you think – because it seems like the front runner right now for Harden is the 76ers. Do you think that works? Because I kind of like it. I actually kind of really like it. I think that you get rid of Simmons. I don't think you get rid of Embiid, but Simmons is out the door. He has to be a part of the package. 100%. They have to get rid of Embiid or Simmons, and in this situation, if they're getting Harden, you keep Embiid, 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think that Absolutely. would work well. Um, and the 76ers – they always start the season nicely, but they've looked – I mean, dude, JoJo's going out there and putting up numbers. Um, but, yeah, Houston, I mean, they're on lifeline right now. Um, but we, we both saw this coming. We saw this explosion coming for a while. Um, mm -hmm. It's just hilarious how it's gotten dragged down, how James Harden is just, like, now universally, like, hated. I mean, he it is what – you know, he, he deserves it. He put on this whole song and dance um, – and he's causing problems. Uh, I don't know it's why it's so, like, I don't know how they haven't gotten rid of him to this point. You know, there's still bidders out there, even with mm -hmm. what he's doing right now. It's just so crazy to me that you treat a city like that, that like literally took you in, like they like love you there. Like I'm pretty sure the city of Houston is, is, is hard in town right now. Like, you know, like, like, they did they literally put him on a pedestal they 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 created the whole entire offense to where he can flourish and he can shine and he can get his numbers you know and it's you know his team has been in the playoffs year in and year out and he he's the one that when when the it gets really really tough when you start getting into the playoffs where's James Harden at he folds. I mean, and now he has, and now he has the audacity to request a trade because he's not the one that that he's not the one that's pulling his weight. Like, I mean, the thing is, like, you, you have to look at it from a devil's advocate standpoint. He was not the only problem there. I mean, the organization did not help him. They have a a cheap ass owner. Dayton Moore completely destroyed. You know basically everything they had um, trying to constantly keep them in the race. Like he has a lot to do with it, but this is not solely on his shoulders. He's not made himself look good. Um, and he's done some foolish things, but I can't sit here and act like he's the only problem there. Like, yeah, you're right. The city did embrace him, but the organization's kind of fucked him over. So I, I see it both ways. hundred percent. Yeah. But there's, there's better ways of, of, of treating that, you know. Agreed. I, I, I don't disagree with you on that, but let's not act like that there there wasn't other parties at fault here. Um, I don't necessarily blame him. Oh, well, no, dude. Well, Daryl Morey is, you know, like if he loses more than two games in a row, he immediately wants to blow things up. 
Yeah, which is interesting because he's in Philly now. So, <laughs> Do you think Harden would want to go to the 76ers because of, because of Maury? I think the 76ers have enough talent that I think that would uh, persuade him. And maybe he has a bigger problem with uh, Tillman Fertitta than he does with Daryl Maury. Who knows? Mm, yeah, we shall see. I don't know, man, but that's going to be very interesting. I, you know what I, what I say to this, dude, I just think that he should make the best of the situation. Like you said, John Wall is not bad. You know, in my opinion, he is a top 20 player in the NBA when healthy. Um, well, he's just giving the guy a cold shoulder. Like he's not even giving the guy a chance, you know? Exactly. John's like, dude, I'll play with you. And he's like, nah, man, I don't want to play with you. And he's like, what the fuck, man? Like, I, mm-hmm. I you know, but yeah, the Rockets kind of stink. Um, so this is a bad and situation. Then, <laughs> and then I just feel so bad, man, because I just want Boogie to, to be back, you know? It's tough. It's really tough. Um, hey, by the way, hey, your hey, Cavaliers lost. I mean, like I said, you win some, you lose some. To the Knicks, though. That kind of hurts. But, yeah, but you know – Every bad team can 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 strike hot at, at some point, you know. Damn, the Bucks are beating up on the Heat. Talk about another team has not started very strong. The Heat have not looked very good. Uh-uh. They have uh, not. They are. Uh, it's one twenty eight eighty three. Milwaukee was still seven and a half in the fourth. That's rough. Yep. And Toronto that. is losing to Philly right now, and Toronto was also not started very hot. Again, dude. I mean, again, it's I, early. It's early. It's early, man. It's early. You, you know, we, we you, you get a bigger and better picture after 20 games what a team's going to end up looking like, you know? A hundred percent. I just think it's some not of these like, teams, so, this is not like, like yeah. This is, yeah, essentially these first five games, first five, ten games is literally like the equivalent to one game in the NFL season. Are you going to freak out if the Chiefs get blown out in the first game? I told you this is overreactions. This is what we're doing. There's only four mm-hmm. games right now. This is we have to have something to talk about. I got to make my predictions. I got to make bold hot takes. I can't just sit here and say, "Yeah, well, that was an interesting game." Yeah, we'll we'll see what the next game looks like. Like mm-hmm. you know, obviously, probably a lot of these teams will shape it up. It's just interesting. You and to your analogy, like you know, if a team starts zero and two in the NFL, I mean, it's the same conversation everybody else is having. You know, yeah, and I get that it's a different sample size, but still, you got to think about it from that perspective. It's not baseball where there's 163 games. Team can start oh, like geez. 0 and 20 and still make the playoffs in baseball. So, Jeez, dude, dude I, just, I I don't know how baseball has that many games for a dying sport. That's probably part of the reason. No, actually, they've had that for. I think they've never changed the length of the season. I think it's always been that way. Uh, I I, I don't have the attention span for that, bro. People that play fantasy baseball are crazy. I play fantasy baseball. I'm not crazy. I mean, I got a little couple wires loose up here, but I I wouldn't consider myself like a crazy person. Playing fantasy baseball, bro, you having to literally look at your phone every day, make sure that your lineups are key, making sure that you're caught up on all your players that you have, making sure that they're, that they're good and that they, that they're, on pace and all this other shit. No, man. I mean, baseball has its moments. It's not It's not a completely, like, unentertaining sport. It's just managed very poorly, and there's different ways they could go about things. But, I mean, I still watch baseball, I would say, regularly. I just don't watch all 163 games. But, um, I don't know. You I know why? Better, like, it's better you, way. Like, yeah. It gets me engaged. It makes me want to watch, like, certain games because then I'm like, that's a good pitching matchup. Or, like, I mean, it depends on what it is. There's still – baseball still fun to watch. It's just not – I mean, compared to the NFL or the NBA, like, it's such an afterthought. Oh, hell it's not no. even funny. Like, 
Oh, hell no, dude. It's not even in the same fucking league compared to those two. Would you rather watch baseball or PGA? Because it's close to me because I like, I like watching golf too. Or let me do it this way, hockey or baseball, because those are more hockey. Like neck and neck. Hockey? Hockey. Hockey. I see. I'd rather watch baseball. That's just me, though. Soccer and hockey, soccer. Like, uh, like, or soccer and baseball, soccer. Like, I just – it's just way too slow-paced for me. I mean, I get that. It's not everybody's sport. Um, just like some people like – I mean, I still like baseball. Yeah, I still like baseball. Don't get me wrong. I I will still I still know a thing or two about baseball, but I just don't have the attention span for baseball. I don't have the patience for baseball. That's fair. That's fair. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Not everybody does. Um, all right, let's move to the meat and potatoes because we got one week of the NFL left. We got a lot to talk about. A ton. Um, and we'll start off um, the Browns losing in Browns fashion when everything was on the line and they're finally, everything is coming together. It's looking good. People are putting them in the top five power rankings. All you're hearing is Browns. You're hearing Browns, 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 Browns. Baker's finally playing good, running games solid. And then COVID hits. They lose a few receivers and they go out and all they needed to do was win to get a playoff spot. And instead they lose to the one-win New York Jets. Who, if they were really trying to tank, they've done a miserable job at it at this point. Um, Jacksonville was probably trying harder not to tank, and they ended up tanking more successfully than the so-called, like, trying tanking Jets. I mean, you can't make this shit up, dude. You can't make this shit up. I don't Dude, know. me me as an owner, I would be so fucking pissed at Adam Gase. I would have fired him after like, the first win, dude. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. Dude, like, dude, I, I'm pretty sure. Deal. I'm pretty sure that's the that that was the straw, the 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 the, the fucking cajillion straw that broke the camel's back. They're like, dude, you literally coached this game for a win. Do you not know what's on the line? Yeah, they're like, like imagine this, okay. You have this historically terrible coach, okay? Terrible coach. Defensive coordinator already got fired because he made the worst call on the planet. And you're like, the only thing I'm keeping this guy around for at this point is just to lose out. That's all you're good for. He's not good for a damn thing otherwise. And then he goes out and wins back-to-back games. Like, you can't make this shit up, dude. Like, the only thing he was good for, he failed at. This guy is such a fucking bum. Like, dude, uh, if the players are going to be like, we're not playing to lose. It doesn't matter if you're not playing to lose. Your coaches suck, and overall, the team sucks. The coaches were definitely trying to lose, whether you want to admit it or not. I mean, woof. But the, I, don't even, I don't know which is worse. The Jets shooting themselves in the foot because we're used to it, or the Browns losing in the most Browns fashion possible. I, I really don't know. I don't you know, know what? Do you know what? I think it's funnier that the Jets lost because they were literally it was their You mean the Browns? The Browns. Start, no, 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 no. The Jets. Well, the, you Jets. Said the Jets lost. The Jets won. So Oh, or the no, the Jets win. The Jets win is is probably the funniest thing, in my opinion. Because, know, because all they had to do, all they had to do was suck. All they had to do was suck, and they had a generational talent quarterback, and 
now he more likely than not is going to Jacksonville. How is hilarious he, is that? Is like, dude, to me, that is that is the funnier thing to me. The Browns, the Browns didn't last week. They already clinched the the playoff. Their I mean, playoff yeah, spot. they would have gotten a more favorable seed. The, the the problem is now they drop down a lot, um, and they're likely going to have to play Buffalo, which is going to suck. Um, and they let the Ravens leapfrog them, and obviously they could have. This would have been great, but if they would have won, and somehow the Steelers would have lost to the Colts, the Browns could have potentially clinched the division next week and the final week. Like if things would have laid up right, if they would have won that game, they'd be in better footing than they are now. Um, but it, it is just pretty funny to me, um, and we'll get to. It would have been more funny if the Raiders would have won because that would have knocked the Browns out. But the Raiders lost in Raiders fashion. We will get to that. Dancing on the grave. I, I want to do all of that. Um, but come on, man. I, I mean, it, it's hilarious all around. I, I couldn't believe it. My buddy put money on the Browns. He was so pissed. I mean, you can't make this shit up, dude. You can't make this shit up. Dude, it's just fucking so funny. It's funny all around, dude. Like, there's no way that it's funny because the Browns, the, the, the like, they just completely shit the bed against arguably the worst fucking team in football. The worst fucking team in football isn't necessarily constituted the worst team in football anymore because they have two wins over a fucking team that's a bunch of that are that looks like they're actually trying. I mean, the thing is, this just lives up to what history tells you. These two teams are notorious for shooting themselves in the foot, and they put it on full display, both of them on Sunday. Dude, it literally, it, it's so funny how both of them just felt completely flat on their face. I mean, again, I, I've said it a thousand times. You can't make that shit up. I, I mean, it's unreal. Um, what what you also can't make up is, I mean, the Cowboys aren't out of the, the NFC East. They're not out. Like, if they win and Washington loses this week, the Cowboys win the division. They will be 7-9. and nine. That is disgusting. The Cowboys could still win a division, dude. The Giants could still win a division. And Washington can still win a division. The only one that is mathematically out is the Eagles, which, woof. But, like, I can't believe the Cowboys are still in it. Everybody counted them out way early. And, I mean, I get it. They they do have some talent. Maybe they are going to try to convince Dak to stay. But I kind of feel like they have not done themselves very well because they were lined up to get a really good draft pick as well. And they could use it. Mm-hmm. Um. But the NFC East is the NFC East. We're used to this. It's dysfunctional. Um, and it's just all around terrible. I mean, yeah, there's nothing good. Yeah, it's crazy because, like, I was watching a couple of mock drafts. Uh, and I'm like, man, it, 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 it's kind of shitty that the, that the Cowboys just did not just completely just call it a fucking season after they lost Dak and after they lost so many of those games. Well, because honestly, if they would have been if they would have been smarter about it, they would have been in top three territory. And right now, right now, how things are looking, dude. If because I hear Justin Fields' stock has gone down. Wow, not a whole lot, not a whole lot, but it's going down. Not um, to his own fault entirely. He hasn't had a mm-hmm. great six games or six game stretch this season. Exactly. But also, college football catering to Ohio State and letting them in the college playoffs with six games is bullshit. Um, so a lot of his stock has went down for the wrong reasons. But I totally yeah. get it. Uh, yeah. Because- well, yes. So back to my point. 
I was looking at a couple mock drafts, man. It's looking like uh, Jacksonville would obviously is going to take Trevor Lawrence. Not stupid, but it looks like with the Jets with the second pick, they're projected to take uh, is it Penai Penai Asul from Oregon? Oh, the offensive lineman. Yeah, the offensive lineman. So they 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 commit to Sam. They still stay committed to Sam Darnold. They pick up a guard for him or a, uh, an offensive lineman for him. Could you imagine – how crazy would that be? And actually, I even hear that – what's his name? Uh, is it Zach Martin from BYU? Wilson. Or Zach Wilson. I hear that he would be the second quarterback getting picked up. I mean, because things shift around so much, I would think right now with the way things are, I would say that it's probably Trevor Lawrence and then Mac Jones from Alabama because he's a Heisman candidate and he's playing out of his fucking mind. Um, yeah. I So I would probably go – Trevor Lawrence, Mac, then Justin Fields, and then Zach Wilson. Like, I, I don't think they're, – they're all good quarterbacks. That's just how I'd have them ranked right now. Um, and then afterwards, which I think the hidden gem in this quarterback draft is Kyle Trask from Florida because that guy, um, he's very Matthew Stafford-esque with more athleticism. He's big. Uh, he's got a fucking big arm. Um, so, it's a, good, it's a good quarterback class. I don't think that you can really lose with any of these guys. I can I, I could see mm-hmm. all of them being really good, but – um, it, it the Jets got to get a quarterback, dude. I know getting an offensive line is good, but you did just get that new uh, guard this year. You already got an offensive lineman, and it's clear, like, I don't know, man. I, I think he, you have to take quarterback here. I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the dumbest decision in the world, but you're also giving up on Sam Darnold when you really haven't given him any tools for him to succeed. I mean, it's not that he doesn't necessarily have tools. He's got a couple of receivers. No, like, he doesn't have the tool. Like, he hasn't had the consistency. He hasn't had a a coach, a consistent uh, coaching staff, you know. I mean, but why would you, like, why why would you not, like, if there's these quarterbacks right there, why would you skip on one? There's no Because, because at at one point, people were saying that Sam Darnold was one of the most NFL ready quarterbacks and it dude just looking at him just kind of just looking at him and looking at his raw ability if he were in a different situation like we were saying before dude if he were in the bills if he were playing for like an organization like the bills he would be in a way better position than he is now it, it just doesn't always I mean it just like they said the same thing about Haskins and we saw how that ended up I mean Haskins dude Haskins is a is, Look, I, I'm just saying – That's just a saying, maturity That's a maturity thing. It's not necessarily you're right, you're like right, a – But he wasn't very good either. Um, but because of why? Being, because he like, wasn't very mature. If you're the Jets, you do not pass up on this. You don't fucking pass up on this. You can still keep Sam Darnold. You can do whatever you want to with him. You may be able to move him. I've heard there's teams interested. You don't pass on a quarterback right here. You don't. I get it. Your, all your arguments are valid, but if you're in this situation, you're gambling. And if you don't get a quarterback this year – who knows what college football is going to look like next year? I can tell you that the quarterback class is probably not going to be very strong. So if the quarterback class is very strong next year, you're talking about having to wait two years to get your guy. If, if Sam Darnold isn't your guy, that's it, it's, I think it's less of a gamble to get a draft pick than right now to try to keep doing the same. Here's my, here's my, my, my situation with the jets. Look, let me have one more season before let me have one more tidbit. And the other thing is they already said that they're firing gays after the season. If you do not, like, the only way somebody is going to want to coach there is if you have a prized draft pick. 
I'm telling you, like guys are not going to want to go coach there unless you're bringing in like a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Like that, that is the token. That is the draw. You have to start things new. And they have some talent on that team and they're going to have draft picks like that. That's just my perspective on it. I, I think that, I mean, because look, Houston sucks right now, but guess what? Like is going to get them probably a pretty good coach. The fact that they have Deshaun Watson, that helps. That helps a lot. That is extremely true. But back to what I was trying to tell you is like, you got to look at it from, from the organization's point of view too, dude. If it's going to take a, a season or two for you to get, get a good quarterback, you're already the worst team in the NFL. You cannot get any worse than worst team. So why, why don't we do something where we bring in a coaching staff we have a coaching staff that believes in Darnold, that believes in Darnold, that really wants him to succeed, and and you have a, a fan base that is that would be patient with him and, and just kind of been, be like, hey, man, look, we just want to see what you got. You know, we're giving you the keys. We're gonna what we're gonna give you all 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 the weapons that 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 you need in order to succeed. Like you said, they don't have a bad wide receiver group you know get a get a halfway decent running back in there uh besides an aging frank gore dude you're 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 good you bring in you bring in the best offensive lineman in in this year's draft in in sewell that way you fortify that offensive line dude for for either sam darnold sam darnold or the future quarterback whether it be somebody that's already in the league or a rookie qb dude like again, dude, give this kid a season where it's not pure chaos. Give him some fucking stability. Look, if you guys suck, what have you lost? Uh, uh, another season that you guys suck. You guys were probably not going to get any better than you were this season. So what's what? Wh why are we going to do this whole quarterback carousel where you know we ruin one player? Okay, cool. He's ruined. Okay, let's move on. Let's get another player to ruin. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Because this is just part of the business, dude. This happens all the time. The Cardinals just did it recently. They did it two years ago. They were in the exact same situation. Worst team in the NFL. Coaching staff was going out. They had that, that pick sitting there. or They didn't have the pick. They already picked him. They had Josh Rosen sitting there. Cliff King in. They immediately got Kyler Murray because he was on the board. Absolutely, yeah. Well, Same with the Browns. The Browns, they had the quarterback carousel. But look, like, it, it's just the way the business works, man. And it is. It is the way that the business works. And it just is so shitty because it, if half of these teams are patient with the, with the players that they draft, and instead of them being like, okay, this is, my, this is my system, now you have to run it, instead of being like, hey, dude, like, what do you, what are you comfortable in running? And let's get this let's get this show on the road, you know. But I mean, th this isn't his first season, and there's only so it's, much. It's time it's his second season, third dude. Season. It should third take. It, it bro, come on out. Like his second season, you could see that he was starting to like, kind of, kind of get it together, and then fucking Adam Gase showed up. And Adam, Adam Gase in the second season, dog. Adam Gase. Well, no, no, no. Then it was his first season. I think it was his first season that he was showing promise. And then fucking, as soon as Adam Gase showed up to 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 the Jets, he completely killed Sam Darnold's fucking uh, momentum, dude. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and say Gase didn't have a big part in it. 
Same just, with Tannehill. I eat Tannehill. I eat Tannehill, bro. Like everybody thought Tannehill was. Yeah, was but dude, the done. Dolphins are better because they don't have him. They got in a position to get a quarterback, and they got draft picks to build up. Do you not see my point here? The Dolphins are better because they moved on from Tannehill. It was best for both parties. That's what I'm saying. It's best for both parties in this situation. It makes it works for both sides. Somebody picks up Darnold, he probably goes to a better spot. The Jets get some compensation in return. They can draft another quarterback. They probably get a couple picks. It's a win-win. That's how you have to look at this. Just like Washington just released Haskins, they probably could have tried to trade him. I don't know why they didn't. They could have probably tried to trade him. And now some team's going to get him basically for free. So in that situation, the Washington's probably going to end up suffering a little bit because Haskins, he's got a lot of maturity problems, but you know, he could go to a better organization and things can get turned around. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just better for both parties to split because even though you get rid of the coaching staff, then you have this guy that's already been plagued by all the problems and who knows, maybe it's beyond repair there. And for a new coach to come in and have all the pressure that is associated with the new coach already, and then have to try to get this guy to look better and get the team in the right direction. That's a lot, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like the draft pick for the coach that's coming in is an incentive because you're getting a guy right out of college and that's your quarterback. Like, you're grooming him, you know? And coaches look at that stuff. I, I just feel like if you look at it, like, bigger picture and you take out a lot of the variables that we would normally consider, like, it just seems to be the best situation. Who knows? The Jets always get in their own way. But it's I think it's best if Gase is already leaving. You can keep Darnold and put him on the bench, or you could probably move him somewhere. But you got to take advantage of it. you got to get a quarterback. They have a lot of picks. They're in a spot like the Raiders and the Cardinals. They can still get us an offensive lineman. They can still get some pieces. And again, if they move Darnold, who knows? He, they're probably not going to get a first form, but they could get like two or like a second and a third. That's still pretty good. So even that's probably asking too much for his draft for his stock right now, man. But his stock like, is down the fucking his fucking stock because of that fucking shitty organization is completely down the fucking shitter. Like they have saying, drug, they have dragged that man's that that man's stock through the fucking mud dude through the fucking mud and i just feel bad for the fucking kid because like you can see that he has the talent and if he were in a in an organization like the colts or the patriots or san francisco or one of those organizations he would be in such a better position than he is now dude right like the dolphins Tannehill uh trade like they got a six round pick a fourth and a third that's pretty good that's a pretty good haul. And if the Jets got something like that, not saying they would, but if they got something near that, I mean, they're, they're in a spot like the Raiders. They have a lot of draft picks. And so I think you actually have to start looking at this bigger picture. And again, new coach is definitely going to have a lot of input on that. So I don't want to spend any more time talking about the Jets, but obviously now everybody knows how we both feel um, about that situation. Um, it's just such a shithole, bro. It, it is like – it is a, a shit show. It's a shithole. It is just completely covered in shit. So let's move. And I'll let you talk a little bit because this is going to be more of your opinion. But uh, Drew Locke's back to being up and down. Back to being up and down. Um, did not look very great against the Chargers. Um, he didn't look too terrible besides the fucking opening – opening uh drive pick that he did dude i don't know what the fuck that kid's again dude i think he is trying to play hero ball way too much he needs to dial it down that's he just needs a lack to of like, reel it in i think 
It's like, and that's the thing. And that is the thing, dude. I just think that he is just trying to get some excitement, bring some excitement to the offense. Dude, I look, here's the thing. I can appreciate a guy that doesn't just want to play it safe all the time, but sometimes safe is the best fucking plan game plan. You know, again, I appreciate this kid wanting to be great and wanting to, you know, be a, a a guy that can make those big throws and make those big plays. But right now he, he just, he doesn't have it right now. He needs to dial it down. He needs to perfect some of his, some of his abilities. He needs to realize dude, that he's not going to, he's not going to be Pat Mahomes anytime soon. No. And again, as I've always alluded to, I, it, it's, it's, Totally should be protocol that this guy has another year. There's no problem with that. But at, at the end of next season, if we have the same questions, it's oh, going to be – I, I mean, because – I mean, you have him surrounded with a lot of young players that are clearly yeah. already showing signs of being legit yeah. pros. Um, That's a fucking lootly. So you give him a year, but, I mean, if he doesn't pan out next year, he doesn't pan out. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, No. It, it's no, just the I way like, it yeah. is. And, dude, honestly, like like I said, man, like, he says all the right things. He's a good like, person and, like, he's, he's, a, got, good, he's, like a, he's a good He's player, a fantastic – he's a fantastic athlete, dude. Like, if you look at him, he is actually a, a, a phenomenal athlete. And he seems like he's such a great, chill dude, you know. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he wants to be the face of a franchise so badly. You can – like – when you see his interviews, dude, you can see how badly he wants to be great and how badly he wants to be the face of the franchise and how badly he wants to be the next Broncos great quarterback. You know, he wants to be in that conversation with Elway and Peyton. I just really you wonder know? if he's going to like fall victim to honestly, like don't take any offense to it or take offense to it. But I wonder if he's going to fall victim to the the Broncos quarterback carousel that's been uh for quite some time now uh what seven yep. years uh five five what was the last super bowl 2014 15 okay so yeah five years but i mean yeah hopefully like because that's that's the thing like you guys have i've already touched on it a ton defense legit and missing a lot of people there's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. defense is really good and you got some stud young offensive players but like long term man like this quarterback carousel, like, I get it. Elway's an all-time great. But at some point, you really have to start looking at this, and you're like, dude, what is going on? How come we cannot get a quarterback? You have a freaking Hall of Fame quarterback that is making all the business decisions for the team. How is it this hard? And I get it. You're not always going to hit on the draft pick. But, like, dude, this carousel's been – I mean, Drew Locke's been probably the best quarterback you guys have had over the five-year stretch. The best quarterback that we drafted. The best and quarterback he, we drafted. Yeah, and he's not been – He's been – I mean, he's been below average if you look at the numbers. I think he's had some really good games, and I think he, he's better than mm-hmm. some people give him credit for. But if you look at just the stats, he's pretty below average. Um, right now – well, I mean, you have to put it also into the context of, dude, he's finally played a full season of games. If you, look at, if you look at the, the broad the, – the, the, the overall big picture, dude, his numbers don't look all that different from, uh, from Josh Allen's first season. I mean, but like, let me okay. Let me pull this up real quick. So I got I got his numbers pulled up. So let me pull up Josh Allen's first season because I think Josh Allen's stats were better the first season. I'm just gonna go out on the limb here. Um, they were they're pretty identical. If you combine his first season numbers compared to 
uh, Drew Locke's uh, past two seasons or past two uh, two seasons worth of starts. They're the, his stats are pretty comparable. I don't know if that that statement made all that much sense. So. Uh, no. Yeah, Josh Allen had a better season. His rating wasn't, so Drew Locke's stats, um, and it'll make sense when I read off these stats. So, Drew Locke's stats this year, 2,594 yards, 14 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, uh, 50 for a QBR. Josh Allen's first season, um, and actually, let me let me see. I don't think Drew – let me pull up his rushing stats because when it's Josh Allen, I have to pull up the rushing stats too. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me pull up his uh, rushing stats. Yes. Quick. Just so I'm making a fair argument here. Yeah, um, no, you're good, man. So he's got – he's got 42 attempts for 153 yards and two touchdowns rushing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Josh so- Allen's first season, he had – Let's see here. I just had it highlighted. Okay, so he had 11 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, QBR 67.9. And then for rushing, he had 89 attempts for 631 yards and eight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So overall well, – let me, let, me, let me rephrase my statement. So Josh Allen's first 18 games compared to Drew Locke's first 18 games are pretty comparable is what I'm trying to say. They're not too, too off. That's the statement that I wanted to say. Sorry that I confused the living piss out of you, but that's what I was trying to, to tell you, is that if you put those two side by side, they're not that bad. It's just the fact that the Broncos have been, for the past 25 years, 25, uh, 35 years, uh, from 2015 back, we've been a a – you know, a franchise known for winning and for having good quarterbacks and for, you know, that's why it's so like being competitive. That's why it makes me raise an eyebrow at freaking like, that's why the GM, I I have to keep looking at LA and I'm like, yes, yes. But but this is supposed to be the thing that you have an eye for. You played this at a hall of flame level. A lot of people argue you're one of the best quarterbacks to ever live. I don't disagree with that statement. And I get it. You're not always going to draft a quarterback that's going to pan out. But, dude, he could have done better than he's done so far the past five years. And, again, the, the book's not closed on Drew Locke. We have next year to figure that out. Yes. But I'm just saying, so far, it's trending in the direction of you guys gearing mm-hmm. up to draft another quarterback. Yeah. And, I mean, at next season, at the very minimum, um, this, is a, this is something that um, a lot of sports radio people have been saying, too. And I, and I agree, you know, bringing in – some sort of veteran competition, you know? Yeah, spice it up a little bit. Bringing in an Andy Dalton, a, a you know, a Cam Newton, a Jameis Winston, bringing in one of those guys, you know, that have starts under their belts and competing for the job with with uh, Drew Locke and let the best player win, dude. I mean, it. I think the one thing that he absolutely has to do, he's got to have more touchdowns than he has turnovers. His turnovers are killing him. He turns over the ball like crazy. He's got to have Dude, more touch, touchdowns than turnovers. Here's the thing about that, though, too. Is and it's not just throwing picks. It's not just throwing picks. He fumbles the ball it's quite fumbles. a bit, too. He fumbles. Yeah, man. It, it's crazy. I, I just think that he just needs to fucking take a deep breath, chill the fuck out, 
and play within the game, dude. Don't try to play hero ball. If it's not there, if you literally have to throw the most perfect pass in order to get that that ball there, probably not the smartest option. Go through your reads, man. And it, again, it's easier said than done. And he's played the 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 position far more than I've ever played it. I've only played quarterback during uh, flag football or just backyard football. I've actually never played it like live when there's actual fucking people in pads trying to take you down, you know? Yeah. 100%. So I understand, I understand your, your reaction time is so much more quicker and you have to think on your feet so much quicker but that's something that he's going to have to improve on. And that's why, again, like you say, I think he should have another year he because he, he'll have, he'll have Pat Shermer back, back and hopefully they can concoct something together that works for both of them. I, I tell you the most surprising thing that came away from this game is that you guys are in last place in a division, which is not something that I saw. Really didn't think so. Um, I didn't Chargers see it either. Frogged you, and um, we'll move on um, because now we both get to have some fun. Um, yep. And uh, just just gawk at the Raiders a little bit. Just you know, just having some some good old fun. Um, it's already here. It's, it's Raider a Super Bowl Nation. winning roster. It's a Super Bowl winning roster. We're gonna win the Super Bowl. We're gonna win the Super Bowl. We're so great. We're the Raiders. I can officially say, and I, this has been my opinion the entire time, their Super Bowl was in week six when they beat us. That was their mm-hmm. Super Bowl. That was their Super Bowl. Um, and the Raiders, you know what's so enjoyable about this whole situation? Not only did they do the most Raiders thing where they start off hot, they get icy cold towards the end of the season, shoot themselves in the foot, and watch the playoffs from home. But they are locked in to this bum-ass man, John Gruden, for another seven years and owe him some $70 million still. So it's not like they can kick him out on the curb. Mm-mm. They did this to themselves. The defense is atrocious, absolutely atrocious. It's awful. Um, and John Gruden shoots himself in the foot at the end of games. I mean, dude, Josh Jacobs not scoring at the end of the game for that to be done. And that was by design so they could drain all the clock. Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And the greatest thing in the press conference, he said the reason they did that was they didn't want to leave Fitzpatrick time because he was cooking, and Pat Mahomes did the same thing to him. Pat Mahomes was living in John Gruden's head rent-free for about a month and a half. He heard him that bad, and he was thinking about it the whole time. He's thinking about it the whole fucking time. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. It doesn't. I love it. Mediocre is mediocre. But to be fair, dude, Pat Mahomes is living rent-free in a lot of defensive coordinator head coaches. Yes, that's that's not the best point. It's just funny because it's the Raiders, and they act like they're yeah. rent-free in everybody else's heads. And it's actually, like I've always said, it's the complete other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's glorious. I, I fucking love it. Um, dude, the Raider, I, what's funny about the Raiders is, is he's that the Raider fan is – the epitome of, of like the little brother in the AFC West that thinks he's hot shit and thinks he's all fucking cool. And the other brothers are just like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Just sit the fuck down. Just chill the fuck out. Sit the fuck down. Shut the fuck up. Well, that's why I couldn't wait. I was like, I, I sniffed this out. You and I had talked football every week. I've sniffed this out. I said, watch it. Everybody's like, oh, the Raiders may do something in the playoffs. Well, guess what? They're watching the playoffs from home. So 
checkmate bitch um and then, you know what's funny what else is funny too dude is i can talk shit now to both chargers fans and raiders fans because guess what we're all not going to the playoffs you're all so in the whether, exact same boat you're all watching it from home so we're you know, all still watching it from home so you know what you can't talk a whole lot of shit either because even though you won more games than us two more and if you guys win next week it could be one more if they lose again so yeah you know well, um well it, it, it it's it's us and them yeah 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 I'm, I'm walking the broncos this week take me on a fucking i'm doing the pat mcafee <laughs> hammer don like dude all the way i'm i'm taking the broncos but dude it's just it's hilarious um the raiders can't get out of their own way they are locked into that bum coach. Um, and they can get – dude, that defense needs a lot of work. I heard – oh, dude, I heard a couple stats the other day. Um, they have had the 25th or lower scoring defense, I think, 23 out of 25 last seasons. They've been bottom five in scoring defense, like, pretty much quarter century. Like – Defense has been bad for a long time. Um, and it begs the question, dude, like, look, Carr didn't have a bad season. This was not, like, all on Carr. He had some bad games for sure, some really bad games. Um, but it begs the question because, like, dude, even the little we saw Mariota, Mariota came in and was cooking. And I'm not saying you move on from Carr to take Mariota, but do you move on from Carr? What the hell do you do? That is the golden question, man. Because it, it, he's not fighting the same situation a lot of the other quarterbacks we are talking about. He's been around for a while now. Yep. He does not yep. have the same excuses. He does not have the same plush. Like, But here's the thing about Derek Carr. I feel like he's only had, like, one true season where he's just been suspect bad. I mean, yeah, he's, but, like – He's been fairly – he's been a fairly consistent, good, like, consistent quarterback, man. It's not like he's garbage. He's, no, he's like, garbage. almost like – He's almost like the Matt Schaub of this generation. Matt Schaub didn't win a Super Bowl, though. Yeah, exactly. But you know, <laughs> like, Matt Schaub was Matt Schaub wasn't wasn't also terrible. You know, he just couldn't get the job done. But it's not just, like he's garbage. To me, he's just a, a better version of his brother because his brother was dog shit. He's better than his brother, but he's not that mm-hmm. much better than his brother. He's just better than his brother. I don't know what you do. For all I care, the Raiders can just roll out the same roster next year and get Molly walked by everybody again. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, I don't really care. Well, does does well doesn't Gruden want to get rid of him anyways? He's he's been wanting to get rid of Carr forever. I don't know, but Gruden's a bum too. I can't like I I don't care. Th- that guy doesn't. I don't know. I think he's in over his head. Um, I they have some good offensive weapons. I don't know what they're gonna do with that whole team. But all I know is they can get their lazy boys, um, come to Kansas City and get them from Nebraska Furniture Mart. I'm sure Pat can hook you up with a good discount. Um, get them lazy boys, get that popcorn, um, and, and enjoy the playoffs from home. That's, that's really what I have to say. Um, on the flip side, the Miami quarterback situation is a really interesting topic of conversation. They're staying with, they're staying with Tua, bro. They're, Fitz, and I don't Fitz hate is- it. I don't hate it. I kind of like the bullpen approach. And the only reason I like the bullpen approach here is because the rest of the team is fine. The defense is good. Actually, it's great. Um, the offense is pretty good. It, it's not great. Um, the running game is not fantastic. But overall, their, their offense is above average. Um, and it's nice to know that 
those guys both respect each other being Tua and Fitzpatrick. Tua can go out there and not play a good first half. And then Fitzpatrick comes in, sparks some energy, goes out there and gets a game winner. I mean, it, it, I don't think it's going to take them very far in the playoffs. And it's, it, it's clear that Tua, like, he's more of a prospect than people thought. And people were wrong to just jump on the hype train. He came back from a devastating injury last year, like – he's the first lefty quarterback in quite some time. Like it's a little different, you know? Um, and it's clear that he needs more work. Um, but the dolphins are, you know, they, they could potentially make it interesting in the first round. Like if I pull up the standings right now, um, theoretically in the first round, uh, one, two, three, four. So they would play the Titans right now. If the playoffs were today, they'd play the Titans. Um, mm. but that defense is good. It's mm-hmm. the second scoring defense. Um, they're pretty solid against the run and they're really good against the pass. So they could, they could cause some problems for Tannehill. Um, so it could be interesting. I don't really think they're going to make it much further, but they are a pretty awesome story for this year. I would say. Yeah. I like the, the dolphins, man. Uh, I think Tua is going to be, is going to be all right, man. It's going to take ha- a while. It's fine. Like yeah. First season. You he needs an playoffs. off season. He needs an offseason, man. Like, just like some of these other quarterbacks, unless your name is fucking Justin Herbert, um, they need an offseason, man. You know, not everybody is a a Deshaun Watson, a, you know, a Justin Herbert or a Pat Mahomes, or you just come out the gate and, like, guns a-blazing, you know? It's fine. Like, I I think that's the best situation for him. But it's good. It's Mm -hmm. good to get this experience, get this little playoff run. Um I think Flores gets coach of the year. I think he deserves it at this point. He deserves it, man. Like, he's got those guys playing hard. They're a gritty team. Exactly. Um, they're, they're him and Joe Judge. Yet. Him and Joe Judge have been very, very fucking good, man. They, they, the Giants. The yet, Giants but... had no fucking. The Giants had no business being being even in the in in contention for number for for number one in their division, bro. But here we are. Um, I'll go next to. You've been chiming this bell for a while. I obviously agree with you, but 49ers just don't quit, man. They don't quit. Here's the thing that's impressive about them. We were watching – I was at a, uh, a birthday bash on Sunday. We were watching the Chiefs game, and yeah. I was talking to a couple buddies, and I was like, dude, the thing about the 49ers is – and you made the first the, – the first point I'm about to make, you, you we've made on this podcast a couple times. They lost all of those people. They lost their entire defensive line, lost their quarterback, lost – the running back, actually two running backs for a while. I mean, they got decimated. Kittle came a little bit later. But they could have just, like, been like, all right, let's just kind of lose this year. We'll get a higher draft pick. We'll, we'll pick it up next year. Dude, they, their third stringers are out there balling against people, man. Like, Wilson, their third string running back, is insane. Their third string quarterback threw three touchdowns against the Cardinals, dude. And – I knew playing the, the 49ers in the Super Bowl last year. I knew they were a damn good team. But considering all the shit that they've been through to be six and nine, that's pretretty incredible. Um mighty impressive. I, I gotta I gotta take my hats off to the coaching staff over there. Kyle Shanahan, everybody knows he's a good coach, but that team's good. Um they'll they'll be back next year for sure. When they get everybody back healthy, um they they'll be back. Um the Cardinals, on the other hand, things Yikes. have gotten bad. Things have gotten bad. Yikes, man. And Kyler Murray may kind of be hurt. He, he got hurt in the game, but it, was, it wasn't looking super serious. But Mm-mm. they have to win this week to get into the playoffs. They Pressure. screwed themselves because the Bears now have the tiebreaker over them. I'm not saying the Bears are going to go in and beat the Packers on Sunday, but crazier shit's happened. 
Bears yeah, are playing for their sure. life right now too. So, and Trubisky's actually had a really good game last week. Had a he's really simmering. Good game last week. He's simmering. He's simmering. He's starting to simmer a little bit. I am really under the impression that they should just give him like a two-year contract to keep him around for a little bit. Mm. I'm just saying, like, they try. Okay, this situation. We'll get back to the Cardinals in a second. I got to make this point about the Bears. This guy of all the fair shakes and everything, they have purposely tried to bring in every fucking backup they can to try to replace him and make him look bad, and none of the backups have done a better job than he has. <laughs> like, dude, none of them. They bring in they fools on a contract. Uh, what's his face that plays with the Jags now? Um, Glennon. Glennon, Mike Glennon. Like, dude, they keep bringing guys in and try to undermine him. And, like, dude, they, I'm pretty sure – they've only lost a game or two this year with him, with Trubisky. Because like, they didn't play pretty at the beginning of the season, but they started off 5-0. and And then they made the switch to Foles. Then they started losing games. Then Trubisky came back. I think they lost two in a row. But they're on a three-game win streak right now. Against bad teams, mind you. But nonetheless, like, I'm not saying that you get this guy a big contract, a long contract. But I do think you, you maybe keep him around, um, especially if they do sneak into the playoffs. And he's the reason why. I mean, I don't know, man. If you would have asked me like two, three months ago, if you if I would keep Trubisky, I probably would say yes. But right now, I'm leaning towards a no, just because you know I I I, I had some Trubisky stock still. I had some Trubisky stock, but as soon as he got benched, bro, I sold it all. I sold Damn. every last bit of it. Dude, even against the Packers, going back five games, they lost that game, but he still had a pretty good game. Like, the guy's not been bad the past six weeks of the season. I'm not saying that you keep this guy, you glorify him, you build a shine, whatever you – like, I'm just saying maybe you, maybe you do bring up, bring in somebody else for insurance, but maybe you do trot this guy out the first couple weeks next year. Maybe you do see what you got. Um, I, I'm just saying it's not out of question. But back to the Cardinals. Um, woof. The Cardinals, rough shape. That defense that was looking really good is looking like a bunch of scrubs now. Really, man. really bad, dude. Really fucking bad. And I don't know how the fuck you're you're, you're so bad when you have uh, Drake or Patrick and and uh, Patrick Peterson as your fucking cornerback duo. It, it it's rough. Um, and look, I, I'm I'm still I still am high on him, but dude, Kyler Murray's costing him games as of late. Like a lot of it is on him. He's he's not playing with the same tenacity, with the same tempo. He's just not as deadly right now. Like, he's mm-hmm. not scaring people the way he was earlier in the season. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, he is. He has slowed down substantially. And I think it, it was after the Seahawks game, you know, the one where he hurt his shoulder. Well, yeah, but, like, yeah, I would agree. Um, like, that's – I feel like that game, dude, after that game, he kind of just has not been the same. It's tough. Um, he's still having a pretty good season, but I mean, they kind of did this I mean, to themselves, man. They've, they've cooled off quite a bit. You know, one team that has cooled off and has gotten piping red hot hmm. is these motherfucking Buffalo Bills, bro. I ain't scared. I ain't scared of Buffalo Bills, but everybody's hot on the Buffalo Bills right now. Flavor of the week, flavor of the month. Take it. They're looking good Dude. right now. Dude, they are they are piping hot right now. How the fuck do they skip over you over the Chiefs 
In the because power of, rankings. Because th- th- this is what happens. A team, a team that is up and coming at the end of the season, you see this every year. A team that's up and coming in the season, they're playing really good. Everybody wants to put all their stock in them. And you know what? It's fine. Say the Chiefs are underdogs, I could care less. I don't care. You could put the Chiefs at 31st <laughs> in the power rankings. They still got the one seed. Buffalo still has to play one more playoff game. And Chiefs would still be favored in that game. And you think I'm going to go into that mm-hmm. game thinking we're going to lose? Like, I'm pretty confident. Although I will say this. I don't want to play the Packers. That's the only team I don't want to play. Out of any team in the NFL, I don't want to play the oh, Packers. Oh, dude. Dude, because that's going to be a straight-up fucking gun show. Like, <laughs> like it's literally – it's literally it, – it, that would be really cool, though. Dude, Devontae bro. Adams and fucking Tyree Kill and Kelsey would all eat. I mean, that would be a yes. feast. That would be a fucking Thanksgiving I, – I, it would be a really entertaining Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie. Um, You're like, also forgetting about Aaron fucking Jones, too, dude, versus said. fucking Clyde Edward-Hilaire and, and Le'Veon. Hey, by the way, what the hell is going on with Le'Veon? Uh, he, he got, he, like, he rolled his ankle a little bit on Sunday and they're like, well, we're just like, we don't even really need to, like, they're, they're, anybody that says the Chiefs were trying super hard on Sunday, like, dude, they're pretty lazy. They're pretty fucking lazy. That was a trash game. Uh, but th- they're not going to put him out there because Clyde may not play week one in the playoffs. So you want mm-hmm. Le'Veon at a hundred percent and dude, Daryl Williams for a third stringer guy can get the job done. Just fine. Just fine. Mm-hmm. But, but this is, I, I also heard a rumor out there that Le'Veon is already starting to complain about his production. I haven't heard any of that. Um, so maybe it's just people trying to stir up the noise because as far as I'm concerned, everything that he's posting and saying, he's pretty happy with what he's doing right now. So Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I haven't heard it, and this is not me playing stupid. I legit have not heard one thing like that. So, um, okay. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Bills look really good right now. Well, I'm very interested to see what it looks like in the playoffs. Um and see who they play um, because I think that there, there are a couple teams that can definitely give them a challenge. Um, I can tell Dude, you that team gonna, is hitting. I can tell you he's not going to give anybody a challenge. Actually, there's two teams in the playoffs right now that like on the AFC side that I don't think anybody should be trembling in their boots, the Steelers and the Colts. I don't think either of those teams are very terrifying <laughs> like at all. And the Steelers mm-hmm. narrowly beat the Colts on Sunday, but like I still have a lot of questions about Steelers. Big Ben still don't look very good. Um, the Colts, Phillip Rivers, definitely ain't good. Um, I, I think you're going to see the Colts lose in Phillip Rivers fashion. Like that, that's why I don't think anybody's going to scare them or like they're, mm-hmm. they're going to scare anybody. Cause you're going to see Phillip Rivers probably end up tossing the game away. Um, mm-hmm. I tell, I, I think the sleeper team that nobody wants to see is probably Baltimore because Baltimore is heating up at the right time. Am I still like scared of Baltimore? I wouldn't say so, no. but I think. Like, if they play the Titans or they play the Bills, very interesting game. Very interesting mm-hmm. game. Bills aren't great against the run, so could be an interesting situation. Um, but here's yeah. the thing about the Bills, bro. That Bills defense is starting to heat up at, at the right time, too. Secondary's good. Run defense is still really suspect, but the secondary's good for sure. Um, but when you have Tredavious White, I mean, you're definitely going to be there, um, no doubt. They're good. I'm not, I'm not underselling them. And if people want to put them above the Chiefs right now, go right ahead. I, I I'm not I'm not that dumb. I'm not that dumb to put them ahead, bro. But in the playoffs, I definitely don't want to see you guys having a, a second parade. So I am. I'm just saying people should take it. I'm only look. doing. I'm only doing what the what 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 our late owner, Mr. Pat Bolin, has requested from Broncos fans. 
No Broncos fan should ever fucking root for an AFC West rival success. I mean, I, even when you guys were in the Super Bowl, I never rooted for you. So I don't take any offense to that. But I'm just saying, if people want to have these conversations on the media and on the TV shows, go right ahead. But I can tell you, there's two quarterbacks in the playoffs that nobody wants to face. And I'm pretty sure you can name both of them, uh, one in each conference respectively. There's two quarterbacks nobody wants to face in the playoffs. Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Nobody wants to face those guys. Oh, so that's no. fine. You can talk about the Saints. You can talk about the Bills. You can talk about these other teams and hype them up and do all that. But at the end of the day, they know damn well that they're probably going to end up playing the Packers or the Chiefs, and they don't want to do that. So I'm just saying. People can have their opinions. And, dude, again, especially like this Falcons game, I could, I could have cared less like that game as long as we won that game. No, no stock in it at all. Like, they knew that all they had to do was squeak out a win and get the one seed and get rest. Cool. Done. Other teams hey, are still playing for, for their seating right now. Um, Bills obviously aren't, and Steelers aren't. So, I know Big Ben's not playing on Sunday. I'd be really surprised if Josh Allen plays on Sunday because he's got nothing to play for. Um, it does – the NFC is really interesting because Aaron Rodgers does have to play and win on Sunday, which is interesting. Um the Saints aren't out of it. If the Bears beat the um, Packers, things get interesting. Speaking of the Saints, by the way, holy shit, Alvin Kamara. Six touchdowns? Dude, but you know what's so frustrating? And if I were him, I'd be livid. They could have given him a seventh touchdown, but Sean Payton decided I'm going to give the ball to Taysom Hill so I can basically rationalize paying this guy like $20 million a year. He could have broken the record, dude. How many other chances is somebody going to get to get seven rushing touchdowns in the game, dog? Like, what the fuck? Dude? I'd be so pissed if I was Kamara. I'd be like, what in the world, dude? It was right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank God he had that performance the week after we played them because, holy shit, that's terrifying. Um, you better fucking watch out for him, bro, because they're going to try to feed the – he's going to want to have have the ball next week or this week. Oh. They're gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to rely on him. I don't know how I think Kamara is gonna be your key to having some success in the playoffs. I think Drew Brees mm-hmm. is still gonna be a factor, but I think you're leaning a lot on Kamara to make a difference. That defense is really good, um, and they are a tough matchup for the Packers because uh, Packers run defense is atrocious. So Packers better take care of business on Sunday because if they don't, things get a little tougher. Things get a little tougher. Yep. Yep, yep. Well, we'll 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 see what ends up happening this Sunday, man. It's going to be very interesting. Let me ask you this, because I think I know the answer, but Tampa Bay beating the shit out of Detroit doesn't really change your opinion of them too much, does it? No. I don't think so. See, this is what the media does. Everyone's losing their shit over the Bucks beating the Detroit Lions into the ground, and I'm like, what is surprising about this? Like, yeah, Gronk got his touchdowns, and Tom Brady threw four touchdowns in the first half. Whoop de doo Like... Come on, man. It doesn't really change your opinion that much. They're the four seed in the NFC. That's nice. That's a nice story. But, dude, if they play Seattle, they got whooped by the Saints twice. Um, they whooped up on the Packers, but I don't know if they want to play the Packers again. Like, I, I think Tampa's a good team, but I think there's three better teams than them in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And then the Rams are on a landslide, which sucks. Um because honestly, I think if they lose Sunday, it would be nine they're out of seven. it, right? Uh, no, they're not out of it. Um, but I think it gives because they're still not a fourth division winner right now. 
um, in the NFC, but um, I think that push is – it would still keep them in it. They'd still be in it. Um, but, yeah, the Rams are not looking too hot either. Really, I think it comes down to there's, like, three legit-ass teams in each conference, and then the rest are, like, good teams and can win on any given day, but, like, I don't think they're going to buy a bunch of stock in if they're making a playoff run, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm right there with you, man. So, Sunday will be interesting because, like, the Titans in the, – the AFC South, the Titans in the Colts division is still up for grabs, and they beat each other each one time, so they're tied right now. So, one like – Whoever wins, um, obviously, if they both win, I think the Titans win by virtue of a tiebreaker. But, like, if the Titans lose and the Colts win, Colts win the division. So, then the Titans slide all the way down. So, it gets really interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. But all the teams that are in the playoffs right now in the AFC are in the playoffs. Like, Raiders already got mathematically eliminated. So, what you see is what you get. It's just numbering. Yeah. Yep. NFC is a little interesting um, because – Technically, the Giants, the Cowboys, and Washington are still all in the hunt, but there's only going to be one of them after Sunday. Um, yeah. It's just funny that the shit competition is having to play for <laughs> the playoff stakes on Sunday, excluding the Packers. That sucks. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. I'm kind of sad that we got one week left of football before the playoffs. But Hey, playoff football, here. bro. Playoff yeah, football. Best time of year, man. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been waiting for all mm-hmm. year anyway, so – and why I'm not even going to ask you who's going to win the fucking Super Bowl because you and I both know who you're going to try to go for. I mean, obviously, yeah. But I think they have a legit shot. I, yeah, I it's, a real, it's realistic. It's realistic that the, that that you would say you would say the the Chiefs. You know, if the Broncos were in the playoffs and they were one of the top teams in the NFL, I would go with the Broncos. I mean, and people are like, "Well, they're only winning games by so close." I'm like, "Dude, they've lost one game in." Over 400 days. 400 days, they've lost one game. And that was to the race. fucking amazing. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting to shake out. Um, Because it takes one, it just takes one fucking team. Dude, it takes one team having having Pat Mahomes' number just one day. Yeah. One day, one team having Pat Mahomes' number, and it's over. But... The likelihood of that happening is is slim to none. But what were you going to ask? Who do you think is going to win the national championship in football, college football? Bama. I think we'll take Clemson, man. I can tell you anybody that thinks Notre Dame's got a shot at all is just ridiculous. Come on, man. We've seen Notre Dame choke in the stage like multiple times. They are a better version than they have been in the past. But now that Trevor Lawrence is back – and I don't even think I, – I don't think Clemson's playing. I'm going to pull the bracket real quick because I don't think uh, – I don't think they're playing each other. I'm pretty sure Bama's playing – yeah, Bama's playing Notre Dame. So, like, a three-touchdown favorite. Um, let's see here. Also, screw ESPN for having the videos autoplay. Um, <laughs> makes me so angry. All right, so, yeah, you got – I don't watch the shit. You got Bama, Notre Dame, and Bama is a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. Damn. Um, and then you got Clemson, Ohio State. Clemson's favored by seven-and-a-half. I think Clemson and Alabama are probably going to play in the national championship again. And I don't want to spend too much time on this conversation, but, dude, the college football playoffs are 100% rigged. It's 100% rigged. Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame, for that fact, all deserve to be there. Ohio State doesn't deserve to be there, dude. Mm, they were given only- that. 
You have to expand. You have to expand this shit, dude. It is not cool for a team like Cincinnati that is undefeated, legit as hell, not even getting a shot. Like, not even getting a look. And Coastal Carolina lost their bowl game, but they were undefeated. They were 11-0, dude. Like, you got to expand it to eight, man. At least eight. You got to give this a fairer shot. It, it's like, I would almost rather go back to the BCS when there was a computer making the decisions. Like, it's bullshit. It's rigged. It's not fair. Yeah, but also in the year of COVID, man, they were probably like, you know what? Let's just give everybody team teams that everybody knows probably ain't even going to play. Here you guys go. They like just they basically just copy pasted, bro, and they're just like, you know what? We'll we'll change it up with a, a few with a few verbiage here and there, and boom, turned it in. Yeah, I would agree. It's uh, but yeah, it's a it's a stuffy topic for a lot of people. Say mm-hmm. that much, and I, I agree. I I would be mad too if I were one of those schools that like should have been given the shot. But oh yeah, absolutely. All right, man. What do you got for album of the week? What I have for album of the week. I have been listening to a lot of Drake recently since our uh, since our uh, countdown, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was like, man, this Drake album uh, by by Drake album, uh, nothing was the same. Is the is the one that I'm trying to talk that I'm talking about. I'm like, man, this album is really fantastic. Let me just go back to Drake's older stuff and listen to his old discography. Well, I'll, I've been literally jumping back and forth from Drake and my album of the week. Uh, and my album of the week that I have right now is, um, if you're reading this, it's too late. Good one. It For me, dude, it kind of was like, our first taste of trap drake it definitely was it definitely was his first uh venture out into the wild per se yeah like he was he was trying to go out to like the more grittier more you know heavier more more beats that that leaned more towards like future you know those kind those type of beats and he killed bro i'll tell you my favorite drake songs on this album he feasted what's your favorite drake song jungle Jungle? Yeah, really? It's my favorite Drake song. I love hmm. that song. song I awesome. would have never have thought. I would have never have thought that that was your favorite Drake song. But it's so vibey. None, nonetheless, man. If you're reading this, it's it's too late. Pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking good. Um, when I first heard it, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I only Nobody liked was. the few. Like I only liked like the like the few like you know legend and. Enemy or energy and uh, used to this and and then summer sixteen and even summer sixteen I wasn't all the way I, I wasn't fucking fucking with it all the way but I gave it some time bro and then I went back to it like three months later and bro oh, not for not at the I, I I liked it I had it on my I had it on my Spotify but I never really was like you know going back to it over and over and over again now i am dude that song like, literally gets me like especially when he's talking yeah. about golden state like dude i'm like that song is so hype i love that song so much yeah now 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 when i listen to it i fucking love it but it, it just goes to show you dude drake is like wine dude it's, he's like fine wine he gets better with age you have to let his music age a little bit 
would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah, man. But that's my uh, pick for album of the week. What about yours? I got a good one. Um, and this, to your point, it, it took me listening to the full thing and then going back and starting to listen to songs because it came out recently. But Man on the Moon 3, Kid Cudi. Oh, yeah. Dude, dude. It's good. It's pretty fucking good. It's pretty good. It's pretty fucking good, dude. I like it a lot. The first time I listened to it, I was like, I'm disappointed, man. I was like, I, I really wanted him to close this the right way. And then I started going back through and listening. And I was like, holy shit, this is really good. Like, dude, yeah. tequila shots in another day, and she knows this. Those songs, unbelievable, man. Like, he what, did really good job. He did really yeah, good what, job. I kind of, what I kind of fucking saw out of this album, I'm like, dude – Kid Cudi was doing this whole, this whole fucking, this whole humming and, and lower voice ad lib what long before fucking Travis Scott was. 100%. And I was just like, holy shit, dude. Like this literally, like this, this sound hasn't really changed all that much for, for Kid Cudi. No, it just sounds like. Newer. It just sounds. It sounds more quality produced and like but the courses and everything are the same, like catch and draw. Like it's the same. Yeah. If you go back and listen to the other two man on the moons, it's the same allure. It's got the same like touch. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, just it's very, very really slow. Good. It's very slow, spooky, beady, but like almost relaxing at the same time because of Kid Cuddy's voice, you know, like that, that shit hasn't changed like one fucking bit. And I love it. It's good, man. It really, it really surprised me because I really was disappointed, and then I went back. I was very. And I was like, that's good, bro. One of the surpriser ones was that the song with him and Pop Smoke. Yeah, it's good. Him and Skepta and Pop Smoke. Yeah, for sure. Like I was, I was really surprised. I'm like, hmm. I wonder how a Pop Smoke and Kid Cudi song would sound like, you know? Because if you listen to Pop Smoke, he's very, very like you know, his, his drums are really, really in, in your face and his rap, his, the way that he raps is kind of very unorthodox kind of, you know, it's just very, it's very weird, but bro, honestly, man, I, bro, listening to pop smoke, it makes me kind of sad. It makes me even more sad that we lost him because he he really was good. Oh, and you could, and you could, and I'm I'm very sad that we're not going to be able to experience his music more. I will say I almost took I'm going to give an honorable mention because I almost put this album because I've been listening to it pretty much equally. But dude, Harlow's first album that's what they all say is pretty good. It's pretty fucking good for like his first actual like debut album. Hard to kind of top what he's done, and he's got really good features on it too. Um, mm-hmm. I think all around like that was good. It was a good start for Jack Harlow. Um, but, yeah, I had to take Man on the Moon 3 because just – No, Kid uh, yeah, Kid Cudi is Kid Cudi, man. You can't sleep on Cudi. Mm-mm. Sure can. Yeah, man. But that does it for another week, guys. Thank you so very fucking much, Uncle Terry, for you listening. Bloyd, like I always say, whether we have one fan of Uncle Terry or a million fans, I love doing this podcast shit with you, brother. And with that being said, we will catch you all next week. We'll catch them all next year. Uh-huh. See what I did there? Ah. 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 All right, guys. We'll catch you later.